everybody. It's your queen, Taylor Kathy, in the motherfucking building. Happy Friday. It's time for some Hennessy and tea. Feels so good to be here with you guys. And it is your girl's last night as a college student. I got my cap on. I got my little graduation cupcake over here. And we gonna have ourselves some fun tonight. I got some juicy, juicy, juicy tea to spill tonight. And we're first starting off with none other than T.I. and Tiny. T.I. and Tiny, this the situation is not getting any better for them with the sexual assault case. And a very famous rapper is involved with the sex scandal. And he is a well-known rapper for all of you, including my millennial babies. Well, actually, my... It's, <laughs> yep, millennial babies. I got that right. Millennial babies. Mm-hmm. For those of you, if you want to go and take a ride with me, hey, he might be a rapist. Nelly is the man involved with the sex scandal. Man, talk about keeping your friends closer in your shit. Well, some of them are not staying close because... Former bestie of Tiny, Shekinah Joe, has officially called it quits with the rapper's famous wife. And, girl, the reason is just totally, 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 totally relevant. Because I've been watching, I've been catching up on my tea, my personal tea, which is on lovelytea.com, about Shekinah Joe. Shekinah has had enough of the bullshit. And... We're about to find out the final, the final nail in the coffin to make Miss Shekinah Joe walk away from the friendship. And, girl, here we go. This is from Madame Noir. Shekinah Joe Anderson recently spoke out about what really went down between her and Tiny Harris that caused the demise of their close friendship. Sharing her side of the situation through tears, she explained that after being dragged online for defending Tiny and T.I. amidst their ongoing sexual assault scandal, it was hurtful when Tiny just stood by as she took all the heat. Throughout the 20-minute long Instagram live session, Shekinah posted earlier this week, the reality TV star and celebrity hairstylist noted that when she'd originally met Tiny, the escape singer was just a housewife. According to her, at that time, she'd actually been the one who'd encouraged all of the girl group's members to eventually reunite. Quite passionately, she empathized that nobody made her who she is and that she essentially worked for tips and earned pennies on the dollar for a long time at the early stages of her career before Viacom started paying her what she deserved as Tiny's then hairstylist. It missed all the what she deserved as... Oh, sorry guys, I got a little sidetracked. It missed all the backstory. Shekinah also said that she felt... felt during an abusive romantic relationship she had been in all in her all her friends had distanced themselves from her and were hanging out with tiny instead which was a difficult time in her life later the love and hip-hop atlanta star explained that what really ended the friendship in her eyes was when tiny allegedly fed her things to say as she made a video defending her and ti when sexual assault allegations started flooding out against the couple on social media back in january Ooh. oh oh hennessy time hennessy time Woo. As her per recent Instagram live, Shekinah and, well, Shekinah said that this is my last, that is my last straw for her. When I made the comment about the allegations against her, she was in the room with me. Motherfucker was sitting right there with me. She's one, the she the one telling me what to say. And then when y'all in America go crazy on me, my own supposed to be friend, sit there and let y'all take me down. Knowing I ain't got shit to do with none of that shit she got going on. She let y'all, she let the world tear me up. Oh shit. I was still 
I was still, I still was cool. Shekinah continued later as she was tearing up. Still didn't go crazy. Y'all still ain't never seen me go to Wendy Williams and tell a story. That's right. She could have easily done that. And knowing Wendy will fucking wobble that lip of hers straight out. But no, you don't see Shekinah doing that. It woke me, woke me up to let me know. This girl don't fuck with you. Sitting here and telling me what you say about a goddamn lady. I don't know nothing about nobody. And then you sit there and when the world takes me down, you let me go with these motherfuckers. And she's a sweet person. She's a blessed person. She's so sweet. She amplifies up tiny at the end of the clip. She's such a sweet person. She is. Don't judge her. Later. Tiny left a comment on the Neighborhood LLC's reposted clips of Shekinah Instagram live session, which read, y'all can't believe this dizzy bitch if you like. Why the fuck would I ask her to say what she said? True enough, she wanted to speak up for me as a friend and I appreciate that, but I never told her to say any of that shit she said. That's on my life and everything I love. She wrote me a book. And said people don't need to know. But yet going to live talking about me daily. Worst kind of friend to have. If we not cool, we not cool. Move on as I have quietly. It's a shame I'm addressing this BS now. Just sick of all the lies. Day after day. Two exclamation points. I will forever wish her nothing but the best still. It's sad when close friends turn to enemies. But God has his way and I won't question him. Woo! Yeah, there's a clip right now of Shekinah says the final straw with Tiny was when she let her go, let her get dragged on social media. See, it is true. Certain situations in life will expose who is your true friend. And she just let Shekinah get dragged. That's just fucking messy as hell. You, like I, man, let me finish this. Let me finish, let me finish, let me finish my sip. Oh, hell no. That ain't enough of a sip. I'm gonna gulp this bitch. Ah. In a response to a fellow commenter on the Neighborhood LLC's repost, Tiny additionally said that there were other people in the room who could also clarify the truth on what really went down the day Shekinah's claims. Claims she told her what to say as she made a video defending her and T.I., most recently, Shekinah said that she thought it was crazy. Tiny called her a dizzy bitch because she's never known her to speak like that. As explained, she thinks Tiny probably has other people telling her what to do and say when it comes to handling their now extremely public back and forth. If you're interested, see exactly what Shekinah had to say about Tiny's jab down below. Some bitches out some bitches out here are not loyal to their friends. Don't some, not all. So she was working for tips. She got hooked up with Tiny. And then we started seeing Shekinah on TV. Everything seemed cool with them. Like she really, I feel like Shekinah brought out the show. Like she really brought a personality to it. But it really, in certain situations, because of this situation right here with the set scandal, this really shows that Tiny never had this girl's back. She never did. She just used her for what she wanted, used her for what she wanted, and then just threw her away. Because she don't see Shekinah as useful. And that's just fucking sad. This girl has been here for you for a long time. She's had, she has babysat your children. She has been your ride or die. Even when your husband, your narcissistic husband went to jail. Okay? And this is how you do her? It's sad. It truly is sad. But you know what? Shekinah's right. You don't interfere with what what God had planned. She, God is protecting Shekinah from this bitch. And her nasty ass husband. Because... 
I had a friend like that once. She would always tell me things to say to people whenever they would like come at her and then get, and I get dragged. <laughs> Shit. Those aren't friends, honey. Those, you were basically Tiny's flying monkey. You are her flying monkey, boo. But you out here getting your own. And did you know that when she got the boot from the, from T.I. and Tiny Family Hustle. Oh, wait, no. When she was on the T.I. and Tiny show, the first one, she was getting, she wasn't getting, she wasn't even getting paid that much. Like, well, all of the money just stopped after she was fired. And she got, and that's when all her friends turned on her and started hanging with Tiny. First off, Tiny was a housewife. As soon as she got hooked up with Tip, Tip did not want her working. And that is a very bad, that's a very bad example. Well, wait, is it example or is it, well, that is a very bad ultimatum to put on a woman. Excuse me, to put on a woman saying that you can't work. First off, she was a musician before you, bruh. And well, she gave it up to him. She gave up everything, became a housewife. And this girl was here for her. And honestly, she kind of made the show. And well, how she started off was she started off doing hair for them. She was doing the OMG girls hair, like getting paid like $120 for some, for some sew-ins. Come on. She was making good money. And then when it stopped, she stopped getting paid. Like it proves that not every fam, not every friendship in Hollywood is valuable. They're disposable. And she, and because Shekinah said, I'm not doing this no more. And she decided that she, and Shekinah has a conscience. I don't need this bitch. Fuck her. She's a fucking dizzy bitch. Well, Tiny, that says a lot about your character. And it also says a lot about you and your husband that you're willing to cover up shit. Like for real. It really is. Man, if I had a friend like Shekinah, me and her, we'd be turned up all the time. And she's she's my kind of person. She's my kind of people I would love to hang out with. She's just very real. I always enjoyed her. I enjoy her on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. I got to get back into that. She is a great person. And honey, you're going to be just fucking fine. Fuck them. Let the wolves deal with these motherfuckers. Let them deal with these motherfuckers. Okay? Okay? shit because this is this is just this is getting worse by the minute for them this is getting worse by the minute and the more the more news comes out it's just becoming clear that these motherfuckers is guilty they is fucking guilty as fuck all right they guilty as motherfucking fuck so (laughs) what do you gotta say about that mr tip tip what you got to say about that? What you got to say about that? Because you are now under fucking investigation after that shit. Y'all, y'all are in some fucking trouble. Oh, shit. Why the heck is Pretty playing right now? Hey, guys, turn that off, please. Man, I love that song, but I cannot t- I can't dance right now. I can't. I can't. Okay? We need, We got to do this fucking show. We got to do that. We got we to gotta spill this tea. We got to spill this Hennessy. I'll play this play the song later. Let's play this song later. I'm I, I'm talking shit about T.I. and Tiny. Shit. And man, Nelly really done fucked himself by getting involved with these fucking peoples. Fucking motherfuckers. Shit. And we about to get into that messiness right now. Here we go. Oh, yes. We ooh hoo hoo. Baby. First article on the T.I. and Tiny scandal on the lawyer this is what the lawyer has to say it's from cnn ti and tiny's lawyer says they have not been contacted by police excuse me say what an attorney representing rapper clifford ti harris and his wife singer tamika tiny harris says the couple have not been contacted by authorities regarding an investigation into sexual assault and abuse allegations levied against the couple a spokesperson for the Los Angeles Police Department confirmed to CNN Tuesday that there is an active investigation involving the rapper. The spokesperson did not address whether his wife, Tiny, is also the subject of the investigation. In March, attorney Tyrone A. Blackburn 
said he had been contacted by more than 30 women survivors and witnesses regarding claims against the couple and requested then that authorities in California and Georgia, Georgia, where some of the incidents are alleged to have taken place, investigate. Blackburn says he has 11 clients. Blackburn said in a press release in March that there are allegations of forced drugging, kidnapping, rape, and intimidation in at least two states. He said the other allegations against the couple span 15 years, others allegedly involving unnamed members of their inner circle. Steve Sadow, in an attorney representing the pair, has denied the allegations on behalf of the couple. On Monday, the Daily Beast first reported the active investigation in Los Angeles and that a police report with similar allegations was filed in Las Vegas earlier this month. The Las Vegas Police Department confirmed to CNN on Tuesday that they received a report about an incident of sexual assault alleged to have occurred in 2010 involving the Harris and his wife. The incident was reported to the LVMPD outside of the Statue of Limitations for the crime per Nevada Revised Statute 171.085. The statement read, this information was confirmed with the Clark County District Attorney's Office. Based on this, the case was closed, which is standard procedure for crimes reported outside of the statute. The fuck? Sadow told CNN Monday night in a statement that the Harrises have not spoken to or been contacted by the Los Angeles Police Department, LAPD, the Las Vegas Police Department, LVPD, or indeed any member of law enforcement from any other jurisdiction in the country. Even assuming the story in the Daily Beast is close to accurate, it appears the LAPD accuser has chosen once again to remain anonymous, thereby preventing us from being in a position to disprove or refute her allegations or even examine them. The statement went on to say, Meanwhile, although we now appear for the first time to have the name of an accuser who supposedly filed a police report with LVPD, we have absolutely zero details about her or her claim. CNN is not naming the woman who reportedly filed the police report in Las Vegas, has not spoken with her or any of the other alleged victims, and has not corroborated their claims. Allegations against the Harrises first came to light earlier this year on social media after the couple's former friend, Sabrina Peterson, posted on her Instagram account that the rapper had put a gun to her head, though she said she did not call police about the alleged incident. Tamika Harris responded on her official Instagram account by reposting a photo, which appeared to come from Peterson's account of T.I. with Peterson's two sons. Yep, we know that. Okay, go skip that right there. We already know that comment. Peterson, an entrepreneur, said on social media that after she shared her story, multiple women approached her claiming they had been assaulted and abused by the couple. She shared the allegations on her Instagram stories, which self-delete after 24 hours. In late January, T.I. posted a video on his verified Instagram in which he denied that he and his wife had done anything wrong or that wasn't consensual. Whatever we ever have done has been done with consensual adults. We already know your ass can't get enough pussy. That's why you've left tiny up two times for other women. But hey, sickness can't beat sickness. Y'all belong together. Without naming Peterson, Harris said he had proof that some of the stories that they had been shared were invented to chase clout, meaning to get attention. Women have been victimized deserve to be heard ti40 said in the video they deserve to feel comfortable confident they deserve to feel supported this is coming from the man who didn't even want his wife working in music okay why are you you just you just saying whatever we fucking want you to say bro but you know that's not you that's not you you just want Everybody believe what the fuck you say because you a famous rapper. 
We see how you treat your wife and she don't do no fucking better with you. Well, she don't do no better than herself. She just follows whatever, whatever you say. And you know what? It's starting to get fucking annoying. Well, it's been annoying. It's been annoying ever since this shit. Uh, Y'all, I'm so tongue-tied right now because these motherfuckers get on my nerves. But yet, I have to report on the shit. I have to report on the shit. Or otherwise, this would not be, this would not be the T-spot. This was, this would not be the Chronicles of She if we did not talk about this T and Hennessy. Point blank and the motherfucking period. All right. Now let's talk about Mr. Nelly, Mr. Nelly Nell, with the couple, the nasty bunch, the nasty ass motherfucking herpes carrying bunch. Woman reportedly claims T.I. and Tiny forced her to have sex with, dun 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 dun, Nelly. According to report. This the No Frauds campaign, pause for the cause, push for the change. Yeah, this the No Frauds campaign. Yeah, this the No Frauds campaign. Yeah, this the No Frauds campaign, pause for the cause, push for the change. Yeah, this the No Frauds campaign. Yeah, this the No Frauds campaign. As I stand at this podium, suit and tie, shoes buffed. Bling on the cuff, I need you to smarten up It's a pandemic, these fraud niggas running rampant If you're unaware, let me paint the canvas Ain't a real bone in their body, they talk loose Then tighten up whenever they face with the harsh truth Some of them 6'3", some of them 5'4 They talk G shit when behind closed doors They ain't never pulled a hammer, never put in pain Can't tell you who they OG, but claim that they bang Talk shit for clout, but they stay in the house Steady ducking and dodging like they running around This the No Frauds campaign, pause for the cause, push for the change Yeah, this the No Frauds campaign Yeah, this the No Frauds campaign Yeah, this the No Frauds campaign, pause for the cause, push for the change Yeah, this the No Frauds campaign Yeah this the no frauds campaign They can be in any borough, live in any state You can catch them any moment, straight lying to your face Bragging about some shit they never heard They get caught in a story, goddamn they never learn Some bitches is frauds too, all day on Facebook Saying they want dick, but then a nigga comment They offended and shit, this is my social media I say what I want, yeah that's true But pipe down if you ain't trying to fuck Now back to you hoe niggas, frontin' for hoes nigga Fuck boy, acting like you got dough niggas this is my address, you will rest in a body bag Real niggas coming for your head, that's a promise, man This the No Frauds campaign, pause for the cause, push for the change Yeah, this the No Frauds campaign Yeah, this the No Frauds campaign Yeah, this the No Frauds campaign, pause for the cause, push for the change Yeah, this the No Frauds campaign Yeah, this the No Frauds campaign Hey, my Hennessy tea sippers, welcome back. My apologies for that technical difficulty, but we're back. Hope you guys enjoyed the music break. We are coming back to you now about the T.I. and Tiny Tea scandal. Well, we're having it over tea in Hennessy. So I hope you guys kept your, kept your cups filled while I was gone. So we switched to Madame Noir because, girl, getting the tea from a woman's source is just... It just feels better, okay? Because nobody gonna be sugarcoating shit. Alright? So, here it goes. Accuser claims T.I. and Tiny forced her to have sex with Nelly. You heard it right. Nelly. Nelly. Going down, down, baby. No skin or crazy. Nelly. Yes, that Nelly. From Madame Noir. 
As sexual assault allegations against musicians, T.I. and Tiny Harris continually surface. An unidentified woman amongst the accusers is claiming that back in 2014, the couple forced her to sleep with rapper Nelly. The woman's story traces back to a video posted on Instagram in February that recounted with accompanying visuals. Some of the accusations made by those who've come forward and alleged that Alleged that they were sexually abused by the two. If you recall, since January, dozens of women have claimed to experience similar instances of abuse at the hands of the couple, which include being drugged, sex trafficked, and or raped. Referring to her only as Jane Doe 4 in the video, the narrator recounted the survivor's alleged story, which claims she was approached by Tiny to be their assistant back in 2005. It noted that she was allegedly never compensated for the work she did to them. She did them. The work that she did on their private parts, please. And that on one occasion, T.I. stood over her and Tiny stood close by as T.I. forced her to open her mouth and swallowed eight ecstasy pills. It continued. Throughout the duration of her time with T.I. and Tiny, the duo forced her to engage in sexual acts with different women against her will. Oh, oh. In 2014, T.I. and Tiny forced her to have sexual intercourse with rapper Nelly against her will. The post caption read, The following allegations are a part of a criminal referral sent to the following agencies. California Attorney General's Office, Georgia Attorney General's Office, United States Attorney's Offices for the Northern District of Georgia and the Central District of California and the Los Angeles District Attorney's Office. At the time of this video's publishing, Clifford T.I. Harris and Tamika Tiny Harris have not confirmed or denied the allegations, and we are unaware of any ongoing criminal investigations. If you recall, the couple's lawyer, Steve Sadow, made a statement on their behalf earlier last month that asked for the accusers to make their identities publicly known. It read, the Harrises are still waiting for the accusers to reveal themselves publicly by continuing to hide behind anonymous allegations. The unnamed accusers effectively render themselves not credible and unworthy of belief. We say, let the light shine on their identity so we can go about dis disproving these scurrilous accusations. Some of the alleged accounts of sexual assault and misconduct from the survivors involved, including one in this post. Ooh. All right. Guys, please go to Madame Noir to look at that video. Whew. Oh, this is bad. These motherfuckers, I swear to God, they make me sick sometimes. Well, pfft. Why I gotta say sometimes? They all sick all around. What the fuck? Seriously, this ain't gonna stop. There's what? There's thirty. There's there's gonna be more. Like what the fuck? That is just nasty. Just oh my gosh, this is insane. And I also got some more. We got some love and hip hop news coming up. No, it's not about Carly Messy Red, but it is about her ex husband Mo Fane. Yeah, the one that was the domestic abuse, the domestic abuser. Mm-hmm. Do you all know what a PP loan is? Because this is, this is new to me. I just found this out. Okay, so apparently a PP loan is, the Paycheck Protection Program is a $953 billion business loan program established by the United States federal government in 2020 through the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security. Well, since the love and hip-hop Atlanta checks stopped coming in for Mo Fane, Mo is in some shit. He is under investigation. Actually, he just pleaded guilty to PPP loan fraud. Woo! Damn! Seriously, what the fuck? Last year, Love & Hip Hop star 
Morris Mulfane was charged with federal bank fraud, and now he's reportedly struck a guilty plea in the case. Per TMZ, Fane pled guilty to six counts of federal bank fraud after he allegedly used $2 million in Paycheck Protection Program loans during the COVID-19 pandemic to fund his lifestyle. The loan he received was part of the same program launched to help small businesses that have been hit particularly hard during the pandemic. But Fane allegedly spent over $1.5 million of such of a loan on jewelry and child support. In legal documents, it was revealed that Fane has since been made to forfeit around $100,000 from various bank accounts in all eight Kenworth T68 680 trucks he purchased. By going for a guilty plea, authorities have dropped 14 other charges against him. He'll also be facing a maximum prison time of 151 months, which is around 12 and a half years. But before the plea deal, he was facing up to 30 years behind bars. Ooh. Among the purchases he allegedly made with his 200, 245,800 loan, Fane bought a Rolex presidential watch, a diamond bracelet, and a 5.773 carat diamond ring. Initially, he denied the allegations, but changed his tune after authorities discovered $80,000 in cash at his home. Mo has been behind bars since December, allegedly violating bond terms, but he won't be sentenced until September. Before then, he's asking for the judge to let him back out and says he is not at risk of fleeing or a threat to his community. He also claims he's a high risk of contracting COVID-19 due to his asthma. Although all inmates are due to be vaccinated, and he's also said he's overdue to get surgery to treat a soldier injury. Okay. Oh, good gosh. I wonder what his ex-wife, Miss Red, thinks about all this. Woo. Oh, man. I bet she... <laughs> she had a funeral for the motherfucker in the episode. And she... she gets news that he's been arrested. Oh, Lord. She probably gonna throw a celebration shit. I'm... She mourned her marriage. Now she's partying now that the motherfucker's in hell. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh gosh! Seriously though, you know Carly would ever do some messy shit like that. You know, you know Carly like that. You know she gonna be like that shit. She had a she had a fucking funeral for her marriage. That man had no right putting his hands on her. He didn't. I her doing that. That just like woo, girl. Yes, go go go. Yeah, put. Oof, put that marriage in the ground. But now the motherfucker in hell so you can party. Yeah. Lord. I can't I can't today. I can't today. And I can't get drunk because I have to walk the stage tomorrow. Alright, and I don't, I don't feel like them saying like, oh no, she can't. She drunk. She can't, she drunk. Nah, I'm gonna be good. I'm trying to be good tonight. I'm trying to be good tonight. I cut the, I cut the tea. I got the Hennessy with some water. Cut the Hennessy with some water. But okay. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, boy, you is in deep shit. You is in shit. Woo. Seriously, I hope though. I really. I really, 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 really hope Carly throws a party for this one. Shit. And make it big as your fucking, <laughs> as his fucking funeral for her, for her marriage. All right, y'all. But we gonna, we gonna tone it down right now because we are about to be recognizing and remembering Kobe Bryant. Vanessa Bryant, his wife, summoned her Mamba mentality in delivering Kobe's Hall of Fame speech. It's impossible to fantasize what Kobe Bryant would have said at his Hall of Fame speech Saturday night. The way the gifted storyteller would have narrated the ending of his basketball life. The tone it would have taken and the reaction from the audience. Vanessa Bryant, not only speaking as a wife, 
but as the person who knew him best at the simplest and most complex levels was the fitting person to articulate in tone to properly describe Kobe's basketball immortality. The belief was Michael Jordan, Kobe's muse and idol. Could have and should have delivered the speech, but it would have been unfair to be unfair to accept Jordan to channel Brian's innermost thoughts and feelings from his limited vantage point. Vanessa, whether to whether true to her character or summoning her own Mamba mentality for watching Kobe do it for all those years, gave a speech at the very least could have been the bones of what he could have said if he were still alive. <sighs> I'm sorry, y'all. I'm getting a little, I'm just getting a little weepy. It's a common thought that while Vanessa knew Kobe as the father and husband, the person behind the scenes, Kobe the athlete belonged to us because we saw him compete and capitalize his NBA career while he was playing and through his retirement. Vanessa, though displayed a depth and insight not even Kobe would have stated himself while also giving us the same self-assured bravado Kobe definitely would have said or at least believed. It was well known the injuries and ailments Kobe played through. They've been documented through time and some memories seared in our collective brains. But Vanessa saw her husband on those days and where it was her to get up in the morning, those vulnerable moments he dared not to show the public in the attempt to keep up the competitive advantage. He played through injury after injury. That injury was big, but his comeback was bigger, Vanessa said, noting Kobe's 2013 Achilles injury, where he made two free throws after going down and subconsciously walking himself to the locker room. Most wives see that struggle, but unless there's a unique or tragic situation such as this, it's usually not expressed. Wives are often spoken of by way of sacrifices and picking up the practical slack when their husbands are devoting themselves to their craft. But Vanessa showed a different layer. That she wasn't just raising kids while Kobe obsessed over the game. She was an active participant in that obsession. That she could feel his agony and triumphs, confidence and uncertainty, successes and failures. Kobe would have bulked at the term load management. And although so many looked at his exploits as self-serving, Vanessa made a nod to Jordan to her husband's intentions when she used him to ask to take a game off. Kobe didn't want to disappoint his fans, especially the ones in the 300 sections who saved up to watch him play. The kids with the excitement he once had. Vanessa said, mentioning Kobe's memories of seeing Jordan play live as a kid, bottling up that memory and making it a part of his basketball ethos once he became the standard. It was a reminder of the old school mentality he carried, not quite an old soul, but far enough removed where his game, so imperfect yet so pleasing at times, hasn't been replicated even by the players who idolize him. Those players wear Kobe's Nikes as a tribute to him to summon their own closeness. Vanessa served as proxy for Kobe on Saturday, estimating emotions, choosing moments to reveal his psyche as well as her own. Her eyes warmed when mentioning the support from his family, notably his sister Shara. Those eyes turned into darts when speaking of Kobe's many doubters, those who believed placed obstacles on his road to greatness. Her tone, direct and clear, almost seemed to evoke a young Kobe who wanted to destroy everyone and everything in his path. I do know he would thank everyone that helped him get here, including the people that doubted him and the people that worked against him and told him he couldn't attain his goals, she said. He would thank all of them for motivating him to be here. After all, he proved you wrong. Ooh. She rediscovered that some cadence later on, the closer thing to a Jordan moment she would have in this speech, speaking in a way we knew Kobe thought of himself, but would never say. 
usually people thank everyone that has helped them get here. But since I don't have Kobe's specific list, I want to thank my husband, Vanessa said. He did the work, he broke those records, and he aspired to be great. Her words were true to our belief of Kobe's image, similar to Tim Duncan attempting to praise everyone, but himself in a speech longer than anyone would have expected. Kevin Garrett gave a slight glimpse into the full picture a bit, stopping short of being able to accept the flowers as he, he transitions away from competition and into basketball history. Those three represented the first 10 years of the post-Jordan era as players who crossed paths with the best version of Jordan in the late 1990s. Duncan's excellence garnets undying fire in Bryant's peerless ambition. It was clear that while Bryant's ambition was received with a mixed bag from the public, Vanessa was fully supportive of it. He could fight back against real and imagined opponents on the floor, but if Vanessa had her frustrations, this was the closest thing to an outlet of her own, largely a reclusive figure until tragically losing her husband and daughter thrust her into a position she didn't campaign for. The public has heard more from Vanessa in the past year than the previous 20 throughout the unfair air of grief. The basketball world hasn't been the same since the events that began in 2020, starting with the death of David Stern on New Year's Day and ending with the earth-shaking news of Bryant's death three weeks later. This close-knit but wide-reaching universe hasn't found its footing. The real world wasn't far behind as the COVID-19 pandemic produced a different level of grief that hasn't been felt since and only recently are we seeing sunlight beginning to peek out ever so slowly. Vanessa symbolized that in her own way, in ushering her husband into basketball immortality. There will never be another one like Kobe. He was one of a kind. He was special. He was humble. Off the court, but bigger than life, she said. Vanessa had to step outside of herself to fill her husband's larger-than-life shoes and did so in a way we can see Kobe wanting her to. I've also been seeing some hate that his oldest daughter, Natalia, has been getting that she did not attend the basketball awards ceremony. Instead, she chose to go to prom. I think that's what Kobe would have wanted for her. He wants her to enjoy her life. Dead or alive, she's going to live her life. So please, stop coming at this girl because she is doing what any other teenage girl is supposed to do at this time. And I'm sure her father is very proud of her. And we know Natalia is proud of him and her mom. Vanessa did a beautiful job and she's got my support very much so. And you know what? <sighs> no, speaking of Natalia right now, there is, um, there is something that Vanessa just said right now that just gave me a smile. Vanessa Bryant says Kobe was trying to keep the boys away from Natalia this weekend. Kobe Bryant may be gone, but according to his wife, Vanessa, he's still looking out for his daughters. Bryant was posthumously inducted into the NBA Hall of Fame over the weekend. But one notable face was missing from the ceremony, his 18-year-old daughter, Natalia. Natalia's absence didn't go unnoticed. She was present for the tip-off celebration and awards gala on May 14th at the Mahogan Sun in Uncastleville, Connecticut where she accepted her father's Hall of Fame jacket, but flew home afterward. Vanessa explained her mysterious absence the following day on Instagram. In a sweet photo that featured Vanessa kissing on Natalia's cheek, she shared an explanatory caption, Natalia almost missed her senior prom last night. When I was a senior in high school, Kobe and I were engaged, and he had a playoff game the night of my prom, she wrote. Kobe didn't want me going to prom without him, and I didn't want to go without him. When we heard Natalia's prom night and Kobe's Hall of Fame night were on the same night, I looked at Natalia and said, well, if it's any consolation, daddy kept me from going to my prom, so it's only right that he tried to keep you, tried to keep you from going to yours. Of course, we laughed because even in heaven, he's still trying to make moves and keep the boys away, 
she continued. Natalia has experienced so much loss. I couldn't let her miss out on her once in a lifetime opportunity to go to her senior prom. Thank you for flying out to accept daddy's Hall of Fame jacket and fly home the next day. The Hall of Fame induction ceremony was originally scheduled for late 2020, but was postponed after eight months due to COVID-19 restrictions. At the ceremony, Vanessa and Natalia accepted Kobe's jacket and Hall of Fame ring on his behalf, and Vanessa gave a moving speech. His most cherished accomplishment was being the very best girl dad, she said of Kobe. I want to thank him for somehow finding ways to dedicate time to not only being an incredible athlete, a visionary, entrepreneur, and storyteller, but for also being an amazing family man. Gianna and Kobe Bryant are already inspiring parents' baby name choices. Um, so sweet. Daddy looking out for her. I'm so glad that she let her go. And also daddy was looking out for her up in the sky. Beautiful baby girl. And thank you for honoring your daddy. All right, y'all. We're going to take ourselves a quick music break. Up next, we have we have news on DMX's posthumanist album. And we also got some news on Naomi Campbell. She has a new girl in her life. Stay tuned. So ready, text blowing up, this chick wanna fuck I text her back, I'm good, cause she run her mouth too much I ain't never been thirsty for pussy, not my speed Add to the fact, once they come, they don't wanna leave I let my mind wander when the stars out Summer nights, my city bring the cars out Had to hit my man army just to check up on him That's what real niggas do, don't need a reason for it Pulled over, sparked up the clip I had Thinking about my last kill, damn that bitch was bad I ain't never been cocky, I just reminisce My heart beat for nights like this I'm in the clouds now By you niggas, I am so zen Add to the fact you can't match my pen Silly rabbit insecure, thought I wanted this chick Could've had a side piece though, that's real shit Could give a fuck about a lame, that's always been the vibe I'ma forever be me, 365 Got a date with destiny, I love the way she tastes All excited, pussy throbbing when I grab her waist She say I'm nasty, leaning on the whip with the blunt lit I work hard to live free, fuck all the dumb shit These niggas say they outside but ducking the smoke A bunch of bozos that ain't got nowhere to go I'm a clock cleaner, you a pop diva, there's a difference If you're scared, go to church, link up with your reverend I blow gray clouds, I'm a perfect storm Unstoppable, this ain't what you want I'm in the clouds now Take my breath If 
if I don't fly, I'ma die anyway I'ma live on, but I be gone any day Either let me fly, or give me death Let my soul rest, take my breath If I don't fly, I'ma die anyway I'ma live on, but I be gone any day Welcome back from the break. I hope you enjoyed it. I sure as shit did. It was fucking lit. Got my little dance on. Now we are talking about DMX. We're going to be talking about his posthumous record. First, we're going to be talking about since his passing and his wife, Tashira Simmons. DMX's ex-wife reveals his last words to her a week before his death. He was never afraid to pass on. DMX has been mourned by many since his death last month, but none have grieved the loss more than his family. The rapper's ex-wife, Tashira Simmons, opens up about his death, legacy, and final interview on the latest episode of the People Everyday Podcast with host Janine Rubinston. I am torn. Our children are suffering and trying to get over that not enough time with their dad thing. It's a tough time, she says. At the same time, I used to think that this was just, this was insensitive to say, but I do believe he is in a better place just because of the words he left with me. He was never afraid of passing on. And I used to be aggravated with that, but now I understand. DMX, born Earl Simmons, died April 9th at a White Plains hospital in New York, one week after suffering a heart attack. He was 50. The three-time Grammy Award nominee's final interview is airing in two parts on TV One's Uncensored, which aired last Sunday. I didn't know that it was filmed, Tashira 50 says. When they called me, I didn't realize that this was the last interview that that he'd done. And the things that he talked about in it were so powerful to them. Stories that he spoke of himself and him, I didn't even remember really until they literally had to replay it. Tashira and DMX were married from 1999 to 2014. They shared sons Xavier 28, Tacoma 21, Sean 18, and daughter Prey 16. The couple met at 11 years old when she witnessed him steal a woman's purse with the help of his dog. Good girl, love bad boy, she said. The way they jogged past me and caught my vision, our eyes, and I was like my hero, Tashira recounts. I'm trying to find the words to explain that, explain what I'm trying to say, but it just felt right in a crazy moment. It felt right. Oh. That's deep. That was deep that this man was never, this man was never afraid to die. He was never afraid to pass on. Now we're going to hear from, now it's time to hear from his, his second wife, the woman who was going to be his new wife, Desiree Lindstorm. Oh my goodness, man, this is just, this is fucking hard. Cause just t- talking about him is just it's so do you guys ever feel like when someone passes on like they're, they're never really gone we're, like we're left with jewels of them but it still feels like when we listen to the music we listen to the we watch the movies they're not really gone they just right on the screen just painted there for life but it doesn't feel the same you ever feel that way DMX's fiance, Desiree Lindstorm, says, Today is very hard for me and my family ahead of memorial. Oh, wait. I'm sorry, y'all. This is this is an old this is a this is an old article. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Desiree was 
DMX was a world star superstar. Here's a new one. Excuse me, guys. But one person knew him better than anyone else. Desiree Limstorm. She is the mother of their four-year-old son and was the love of his life for the last decade. Oh, my goodness. Well, I can't play the video right now, y'all. So please go ahead to Fox 5 New York and check out the video of her interview. And there's also been some, there's been some controversy of, about his relationship of the late princess of R&B, Aaliyah. Now, they were good friends, I'm gonna say that. And also, I'm about to learn a little bit more. All right, here we go, y'all. DMS confessed that... Tell them I'm back Man, I work hard Give me my coins Been on my job Give me my coins Soon as I call Give me my coins I want it all Give me my coins Give me that Give me that Give me that Give me my coins Give me that Give me that Give me that Give me my coins Man, I work hard Give me my coins Been on my job Give me my coins Soon as I call Give me my coins I want it all Give me my coins Give me that Give me that Give me that Give me my coins Give me that Give me that Give me that Give me my coins, you know my name, who came to play? Ready to bat when I step up Still in the game, feeling no pain That's how it is when you blessed up They see my face and they know what it is So they better not play with my funds They see me laugh when I get to the back Ain't no bragging, I'm just having fun Dollar sign, dollar sign Play with mine, never try Coin back, need it filled up Only one life, ain't no one up No time for the chit chat You can find me where your chick at King Cooper with the wrist wrap Crown on, let me fix that Think twice for you act up You the type of nigga need backup Mushrooms got you feeling big but I know you're kind, you are not tough uh, Been about my business, I ain't got a front Ain't know what the real is, you know what I want Man, I work hard, give me my coins Been on my job, give me my coins Soon as I call, give me my coins I want it all, give me my coins Give me that, give me that, give me that Give me my coins, give me that, give me that, give me that Give me my coins, man, I work hard Give me my coins, been on my job Give me my coins, soon as I call, give me my coins I want it all, give me my coins Give me that, give me that, give me that Give me my coins, give me that, give me that, give me that, give me my coins. Yeah, buddy, I'm the truth. Stunting when I make a move. They be praying that I lose when they really want a truce. I don't think they understand. Man, I got it in the bag. Everybody want the clout. They don't really stand a chance. I be moving like the heavyweights. Need a pretty girl with heavy case. Pull up on it like an op. Then I beat it like a murder case. They know my energy charged up. Got them all stepping their bars up. You know I mean it, don't try me. Fuck around and I'll body your roster. Smoking a Yoshi. Keeping it low key, ducking the phony, handle my business. I've been relentless, keep these weak niggas off me. Feeling undefeated, said it then I mean it. If it's any less than what I want, then you can keep it. Man, I work hard, give me my coins, been on my job, give me my coins. Soon as I call, give me my coins, I want it all, give me my coins, give me that, give me that, give me that, give me my coins, give me that, give me that, give me that. Give me my coins, man, I work hard Give me my coins, been on my job Give me my coins, soon as I call Give me my coins, I want it all Give me my coins, give me that Give me that, give me that Give me my coins, give me that Give me that, give me that Give me my coins This bitch is so fucking rude I can't stand it Hey guys Sorry, we had another technical difficulty from the rude bitch, but I want to let y'all know we back and we talking about DMX and his relationship with Aaliyah. We're going to get to his posthumanist record in just a few minutes. We're going to definitely talk about that. Oh my goodness. Yeah, what exactly is going, what, what happened here? What's going on? Okay. Why DMX once said Aaliyah was sexy, but kind of gangster. Aaliyah and DMX became celebrities around the same time. The one in a million singer was a global music star and actor before she died from a plane crash in 20, in 2001. 20 years later, Darkman X, born Earl Simmons, passed away at age 50 on April 9, 2021. 
Before his death, the Grammy-nominated rapper spoke about Aaliyah's personality. DMX and Aaliyah's song came out in 2000. During the late 1990s, DMX and Aaliyah were at the top of their game. Both artists received mainstream successes with such hits with hits such as Party Up in Here and Back and Forth, respectively. The performers also discovered a knack for acting at the height of their careers. DMX made his acting debut in the film Belly. Two years later, Aaliyah booked her first role in the action movie Romeo Must Die. Before the production began on Romeo Must Die, the four-page letter songstress approached DMX about acting in the film. Impressed by her willingness to meet him in person, the rapper accepted a supporting character role. However, due to their fame, the artists collaborated on a song for the movie soundtrack. Their song, Come Back in One Piece, debuted in 2000. In 2011, DMX spoke to The Juice about taking Aaliyah to his hometown of Yonkers, New York, to shoot the video per billboard. We did the video in Mount Vernon and Yonkers, DMX recalled. I got to bring Aaliyah to the hood. Not many people can say that. What DMX thought was sexy, but kind of gangster about Aaliyah. Oh, shortly after Romeo Must Die, DMX and Aaliyah worked on other projects. However, the rapper often discussed their close relationship in interviews. In 2001, Aaliyah died while traveling home from shooting a music video in the Bahamas. The singer was 22 years old. Although Aaliyah was notoriously aloof in public, her calmness attracted many of her fans, including DMX. In his interview, The Juice, the rapper said that Aaliyah's real-life persona and TV presence were something to be he found to be sexy. Mm. She had a presence on TV. That was incredible, DMX said. It was sexy, but kind of gangster. She was easy to talk to and down to earth. He continued, Aaliyah made you feel comfortable with her and with yourself. That's one hell of a combination. The rapper once said no artist compares to Aaliyah. Since Aaliyah died, many artists such as Beyonce and Sierra have drawn comparisons to the Rock the Boat singer. However, DMX shared that he doesn't see any artist who could compete with Aaliyah thus far. Before he died, the Where the Hood at rapper declared that his friend was one of the best performers in the music industry. Half these chicks that are doing it right now wouldn't be doing it, DMX said in 2011. Aaliyah would be on top. As far as I'm concerned, she's still on top. Aaliyah Houghton died in 2001 from a plane crash. The one in a million star singer was 22 and on the verge of stellar music and film career. She also left behind several friends in the entertainment industry, including rapper DMX. Throughout the years, the ex gonna give it to you performers spoke about their friendship. Oh my goodness. I just need a minute, guys. He he did care about her. And that was so good. He even wanted to smack the shit out of R. Kelly for what the fuck he did to her. That's a real friend. And one of his baby girls is named after her. If that's not true shit for sh- if that's not true friendship, I don't know what is. Seriously. Good man good man and a good descent she was beautiful i love how he rides for her even to this day even in his death all right we are here we are we are talking about dmx's posthumanist album exodus to oh we got features oh we gotta see the features feature jay-z nas and bono full tracklist revealed here we go this is from billboard the track list for DMX's post-humanist record. Humus, post-humanist album Exodus has been revealed. On Friday, May 14th, the late rapper's longtime friend and producer, Swizz Beats, who is executive producing the forthcoming project, shared the star-studded 13-song track list. On social media, guest appearances including Jay-Z, Nas, Bono, Alicia Keys, Lil Wayne, Snoop Dogg, and Moneybag Yo, among others let's get to the magic swizzbees captioned the instagram long live at dmx the great 
Exodus, which features all original material and themes of redemption, is scheduled for release on May 28th through Def Jam Recordings, the album X's first Def Jam release in since 2003's Grand Champ shares its name with one of the rapper's sons, Exodus Simmons. My brother X was one of the most pure and rare souls I've ever met. Swiss Beats said in a statement when announcing the album, he lived his life dedicated to his family and music. Most of all, he was generous with his giving and loved his fans beyond measure. This album, this album, X couldn't wait for his fans all around the world to hear and showed just, showed just how much he valued each and every single person that was supported him, that supported, that has supported him unconditionally. Oh my gosh. Woo. Okay. Yeah. This honey's starting to get to me. Woo. Woo. Low. And I'm so excited for the 28th. Y'all, we got some, we got a good cast over here. We do, we do, we do, we do, we do, we do, we do. And good news. My girl, the beautiful Naomi Campbell had a baby girl. We don't know her name yet, but Naomi has been trying for a long time to get this to have a baby. She's she's wanted children for a long time, and now she gets to have. She has a baby girl. Ooh, think she'll be a model like mommy? You think she'll be a model like her mommy? <laughs> oh man, I can't wait! Congratulations, Naomi. Okay, y'all, we on the last part of the episode tonight. Okay. I'm going to keep it 100. I never heard a little Reese until now. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the shooting. New details still leave questions about shootout that wounded rapper Lil Reese in a near near North parking garage. Oh boy. Okay. New details from police suggest li- rapper Lil Reese was wounded in a gunfight that broke out after a man tracked his son's stolen car to a near Northside parking garage and tried to detain the people inside. The incident began shortly before 10 a.m. Saturday when the 55-year-old father tracked his son's stolen car to a garage in the first block of West Grand Avenue, where the son had directed his father by using a GPS tracker in the car and his cell phone, police said. As the father confronted recent others inside the car on the third level of the garage, Another person appeared and opened fire on the car. A Chicago police spokeswoman said Monday, the motive of the shooter was unclear. The car sped off and then crashed and the people inside the car exchanged gunfire with the other shooter, police said. Three men were wounded in the shootout, including Lil Reese, whose real name is Tavares Taylor. Guns were recovered in the stolen car, but no one was in custody, police said. A group of witnesses described that they called a weird, they called a weird series of events in the garage connected to a luxury high-rise condominium in a bustling area. The group said they were on their way to their vehicle when they heard what sounded like a car crash. The group also heard two pops, which turned out to be gunshots. When the group drove their car to the third floor of the garage, they saw a vehicle crash into a cement barrier with its airbags deployed. The witnesses said it was unclear what led up to the crash. Officers told the witnesses there were four suspects. Saturday's attack marked the second time Taylor has been shot since November 2019 when he suffered a neck wound in South Suburban suburban Country Club Hills. Woo! Shit! Ooh! 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 Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. We out of time. Well, we definitely gonna be covering this again. Hope you guys had a good night. I love each and every one of you. Peace and blessings and happy graduation to me. This has been the Chronicles of She. The Graduate. Hi! there what's up